Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Nintendo Directs are missing and presumed dead. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the cancellation of Evo and the announcement of Pokemon Go Fest 2020. And then on Thursday, we are going to be ranking all of the doctors in (laughs) Dr. Mario World. But in the meantime, Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, Patrick, I, um, uh, this past week i finally broke down because look my husband had helped me like cut the sides of my hair yes a couple of times since we've been since like march since we've just been at home and and so but the the top was just getting longer and longer and longer the longer it it had been and so finally i broke down and he offered to help but i was like I've, i've got to master this and so i cut the top of my hair with scissors myself and i think it looks okay for video chats like i think like with like video chat resolution it works fine um i I mean i will have you know that the only reason that my hair looks uh like anything instead of like a a crazy like 1970s puffball is that i uh i am putting product in it and just like swooping it up (laughs) over my face like above my face uh otherwise i look ridiculous because i've cut my hair now several times (laughs) um and uh, yes like you say over video chat like i think i'm looking i think i'm looking i think we're both looking good i we're we are both looking like have no fear listener we are both looking good Right, just you, no one upgrade to high definition for 4K. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, <laughs> uh, Mark, my copy of Sonic Forces. This is maybe the first time ever I don't have a good transition into talking about the Sonic Forces borrowing program. And by which good, I mean an, I don't. It, which in and of itself is a good transition of its own. That's right. Uh, the program, of course, is perfect. Uh, it involves you borrowing my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and send along a mailing address. And then I mail the Sonic Forces uh, to that address. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. Uh, that's how it goes. Um, Mark, we have very little business to discuss up front uh, the, these days. It's like uh, both of our new haircuts, just um, very like short and to the point. Oh, my hair is in, like, anything. But <laughs> Whoa, short. that is long. <laughs> <laughs> I just ran my my fingers through it and revealed my hairy shame to Mark, <laughs> um, which sounds like something you should not do to your friend. Um, all right, uh, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Uh, Mark, I can see that you are super buff, so I can only assume that you continue to play Ring Fit Adventure. That's right. Nobody asks any questions. That is also true, just like my haircut. Um, yes, although I have to admit, and I think yes. maybe this, like, what you've been playing, like, check-ins will be good because it'll be keeping us honest. But, like, this week, I didn't 
keep up with my every other day promise like I hope to. Mark, 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 <laughs> for shame. No, it's okay. Um, I, uh, I, I had been, uh, like my schedule, like as I said it, you know, cause you can set little reminders on the thing and it's cool. Like it, it'll remind you even when you have it turned off, like the right Joy-Con will start like buzzing. Um, and it'll be any of the Joy-Con that are connected to it. So like, uh, the one in the dock will start buzzing. The other one that's like somewhere else in the house will start buzzing. Um, and uh, so I, I had those set for Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Um, and uh, I had done Tuesday. I had done Thursday. Saturday rolled around. And let me tell you what. Saturday was Saturday. It was the 4th of July. I couldn't do Ring Fit Adventure. I was drinking. <laughs> um, so I took uh, Saturday and then also Sunday off of it. Uh, and so today I got back on. Uh, and so it'll be, I think I'm going to do today, Wednesday, Friday. That's mm-hmm. my goal. Um, but you know we'll 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 see. Have you done the like offline mode thing where you just like put the Joy-Con into the the ring, um, push in on the analog stick for a little bit, and then it like like turns on basically without turning on your entire system, and it just like you can be sitting on the couch watching TV and like squeezing it, and it, it like counts, and if you do up to like five hundred, it gives you some sort of like gift which i don't understand that part yet but um that that is actually pretty cool that you can there's also like this little like offline mode thing yeah it's a multitask mode i believe is what it's called um yeah no i i've not messed around with that yet um within the game itself i've been getting to the uh like the little mini games Mm -hmm. um which feel like they're fun enough um but they feel like a weird interruption to my like a a genuinely taxing exercise when it's like okay now do these like really weak squats to like jump and collect coins (laughs) um where it's like okay (laughs) this is worlds easier than the uh the thing you're you make me do all the time in the rest of the game have you done the rhythm game in like the on the on the home section so instead of choosing an adventure you can do like the rhythm game yeah that one also uh, i have found to be like not really very fun it's also not really a rhythm game <laughs> um because it's a lot of just like make sure you're in the right position by the right time um which doesn't really like you can get there early and it's usually fine like you're not gonna be penalized tell you what though that's bad rhythm (laughs) uh so yeah i i feel like that's that's a a cute feature um but not one that i'm really gonna take too much advantage of yeah completely uh animal crossing new horizons the summer update number one introducing swimming to the island um i love this i love just another set of sea creatures another set of things to collect and donate to blathers um it's been an absolute delight uh getting a scallop and having pascal uh swim over to me uh and like offer me a new recipe and then watching him swim away on his back is adorable (laughs) and you can like swim next to him for a while um it's great uh i I know you've been off animal crossing for a while but uh this is a a fun update that like adds i'm not gonna say depth but like it adds another list of things to accomplish um and feels like fun and new and vital and i'm really happy with it yeah it'll be cool to see what the august update brings as well totally and then the september update and the october (laughs) update Uh, I've still been playing the Outer Worlds, and I'm th- I'm on the home stretch. I'm pretty sure I'm like really into the end game, um, so I think 
I don't have very much further to go. So I'll save any observations I have till I've like finished the game, but I am still really uh, enjoying the experience. Cool. I, I will hold all of my questions about it until you have completed it. Uh, Mark, you're going to get it done probably before um, Paper Mario comes out. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I think it'll take me about 30 hours. And I have to go back and see how long I put into Fire Emblem Three Houses. Because my like when I think of Fire Emblem Three Houses, I think of like that I put a lot of time into that game. And maybe just my concept of time is more fluid now <laughs> with uh, everything that's going on. I'm got to be true. <laughs> <laughs> but like it doesn't feel like I've put as much time into the Outer Worlds. But I'm like right up at that like 30 hour um and i think i genuinely can't remember if i just said this 30 seconds ago that i put like 35 hours into fire emblem oh okay and i was wondering so... where that was going <laughs> <laughs> because i i feel like most people's playthroughs of fire emblem end up being closer to like 50 or 60 hours well and i think that's the benefit of me just like cruising through a lot of those early battles where i was just like oh, auto battle point. auto battle auto <laughs> yep. battle like whatever um, yeah, I think that is what made it a little more compressed. Um, I went back to Pocket Rumble the other day, um, just uh, sort of looking for something to kill time with on Switch. Um, and, uh, you know, Pocket Rumble is, of course, the one-on-one um, -on -one fighter that is a, you know, new game. Came out in 2017 um, originally and then on Switch in 2018, uh, which looks like it is a Neo Geo Pocket fighting game. Uh, and it is all based on, like, two-button combat. There's a heart attack and a light attack, and that's basically it. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've liked this game in, in the past, but, like, I got into a real groove of, like, uh, just fighting, like, wave after wave of computer opponents um, with uh, the, this character, June, who is a, like, ghost. Um, and so, like, all of her abilities are, like, real zoning-focused. So it's about just, like, controlling the, the board um, and, like, throwing fireballs and stuff like that. Um, and uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this online. I'm going to see, like, how I do online. Um, turns out no one's playing this game online anymore. <laughs> so, uh, like I, I went into, a, you know, an online lobby and, uh, waited, uh, and you can do like other fights while you wait. Um, and I was doing just like, you know, fights against the computer for like half an hour. I fought one human being mopped the floor with him uh and then and then went back to uh fighting computer controlled opponents so either i'm very good at pocket rumble or no one is playing pocket rumble um pocket rumble i it does not have cross play right like it, you're only playing against other people on switch I think that's probably right. Yeah, and it's not. Uh, it's not on everything. Like it's it's on Steam, um, but I don't think it's available on like uh, mm -hmm. PlayStation or Xbox mm -hmm. or uh, like mm -hmm. the, the other big uh, home consoles. Um, but yeah, it it it's uh it would be improved by having um, crossplay. But I, I mean, I don't I don't know that there's a a community there to support it anymore anyway. So right, yeah. And then of course, this last weekend was um uh. Tetris 99 Tetris Maximus event with a, a Xenoblade Chronicles Enhanced Edition, Deluxe Edition. What did they call it? Enhanced Edition, right? Uh, no, it's Definitive, definitive edition. edition. Of course. There we go. <laughs> uh, like a Xenoblade Chronicles theme, which um, was cool, but I turned the music off and was listening to something else because not that the music was bad, but like I need my Tetris 99 to be like amped 
and it was another one where it was kind of too you know, chill. It yeah. was chill, like it was nice, it was like thoughtful, but that's not what I need from like Tetris ninety nine. Um, I also found the sound effects to be a little soft, so that like when you dropped a block, um, it, there was like a sound effect of it hitting right uh, and like landing, but like the attack on it wasn't like as hard as I'm used to hearing, so that like it almost sounded to me like it was landing a split second after it landed, um, and so it took away that sort mm. of like tactile feeling of playing Tetris, um, which is precisely my complaint with the combat. In Xenoblade Chronicles, <laughs> is that it doesn't feel like you're actually connecting. So, so in I that guess, way, in good that job. way, it's like very, very authentic yes. to the experience. Um, I also think that the uh, um, the the Shulk is like on the right side of the screen, um, and he's just sort of like staring right down the barrel of the camera, <laughs> um, and he has got a doofy smile on his face. <laughs> he looks weird in this theme. Uh, were you able to unlock the theme, Mark? I, I was, yeah. Um, so in the previous theme, the Animal Crossing one, I actually did surprisingly well. Like it didn't take me that long. I think it for so generally it takes me about an hour to unlock them. Um, this yeah. the uh, uh, Animal Crossing one took me about thirty minutes, like half the time. But then, so I was like, oh man, like I'm gonna, I must be getting better. No, not the case. The Xenoblade one also took me like about an hour because I get like a lot of like. I get a lot of 10 points because I get above 50 yeah. and then a couple of 15 thrown thrown in there. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason with the uh, animal crossing, I was like getting like 20 points or in like the top 10, a couple of times that helps a lot, yeah. but you, uh, how, how did it go for you? Uh, it went great for me. My first game out, I got uh, first place, got the hundred points, turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, all right, so that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, Tuesday, July 7th, uh, Catherine Full Body is released on Switch. This is the, this, yeah. like, um, like okay, here we go. Enhanced edition? I mean, I guess it's the full body edition. Basically, it's like a enhanced edition of uh, the Atlas puzzle game that came out for the PS3. Um, man, I wonder, do you think it was like 10 years ago that Catherine first came out? Catherine came out when I was living in Chicago, but after, um, after I was living with my friends, Andrew and Taylor. So probably about 10 years. Yeah, maybe like eight maybe eight years does that make sense could it be a a 2012 game something like I, that i would believe that but it's like it's a um kind of like unique i would say for atlas games it's a puzzle game with like a like kind of messed up story for what from what i can uh, gather yeah so i mean it's it is very much like an atlas game in in one regard in that it is uh very story based and like choice based um the the story of the of the game is that you are um a dude who uh goes out drinking all the time has a girlfriend named Catherine, gets seduced by a different woman named Catherine, uh and spend the whole game basically uh it's an infidelity simulator is what it is um and you have to like juggle your your girlfriend and your wife and there is yet another girlfriend a third girlfriend in the full body edition 
Um, and you know, like it's, it's all about how, <clears throat> how your character is like a piece of garbage, uh, and like a, an awful dude who can't take any control over his life. Um, and then what happens at nighttime, uh, when you fall asleep is that that's when the, the puzzles happen. And, and it's a sort of like almost Qbert, like climbing block puzzle, uh, sort of thing that you have to do where you're like rotating blocks and pulling them and like jumping up. Um, and it's the like wall between the gameplay and the story is so severe that like you know you can get to a point where you're like these puzzles are too hard i can't do them anymore but i just want to know like what happens in the story and at that point you just go to youtube and look up whatever (laughs) ending you were headed towards um but i really enjoyed this game when it came out uh, originally on on the ps3 uh and i believe at some point i'm going to pick up catherine full body i expect it'll go on sale at some point uh in the next couple months and that's probably when i'll do it um but i i, I like this game a lot um and will most likely be getting it and then on thursday crosscode is released on the switch eShop. Yeah, so CrossCode was a, uh, it's been out on Steam for a little bit, um, but it's like a Secret of Mana-esque um, like action RPG. Um, I've, I've seen that some, uh, some reviews that the Switch port uh, doesn't run super great, um, but the reviews for the original are, are pretty good, uh, and that is my kind of game, um, but, uh, you know, uh, maybe pick it up on another platform. And then on Jul- on Friday, July 10th, A Deadly Premonition 2, A Blessing in Disguise is released, and Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 is released on the Switch eShop. Uh, now, I think we agree Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 must play, right? Yeah, I'm excited for it. I mean, we, ha- we have not played it yet, so I guess it is really just a must play for you and for I. I don't know that we're <laughs> recommending it. Uh, although, the-, the-, the first one was great. Um, you know, really just a, an 8-bit Castlevania-like game. Um, super fun. Uh, and this one has uh, Couch Co-op. Are you going to make your husband play with you? Uh, I don't... No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I don't think he would like it. But what do I know? Because he's a secret gamer who loves games. That's right. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Deadly Premonition 2. What, uh, is that a new Deadly Premonition game? What it is, is that? It is a new Deadly Premonition game. Um, uh, Deadly Premonition is a series. I guess it is actually a series now. Uh, developed by, directed by, uh, oh, ooh, Sweary? Is that how you say? Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sweary okay. 5-1, right? Or is that Suda 5-1? No, that's Suda 5-1. He's got a different number, right? <laughs> Sweary. <laughs> I'm looking it oh, up. 65, keep, keep telling 65, me about 65, it. 65. I okay. think. That's what Google like autocomplete is telling me. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, and uh, so Deadly Premonition is a game where it's like a um, survival horror type game that... My memory of it is that people like posting videos and stuff being like, this game is crazy and like crazy in a like funny way, but it must have some real like um, fans, like some real appreciation because there is a sequel. So that's like all I can (laughs) speak. That's all I can speak to it on. Like I've never played the first game. I know basically nothing about it, except it's kind of like, I remember people saying that it like reminded them of Twin Peaks where it was like, you know, like could like be really kind of like funny and weird one moment, but then really dark the next. Uh, But that's, that's basically all I've picked up. Why do I associate this game with you? Like why (laughs) is, is there, is there a similar like spooky camera game 
that is uh that it's a game that you're, you're attached to <laughs> a spooky camera game a spooky camera does this i does deadly premonition r- involve a spooky camera i don't know this is so i i am just that's like what my brain are you just googling spooky camera right now no because uh, fatal frame are you thinking of fatal frame i might be thinking of fatal frame um basically we should stop talking about deadly premonition because neither of us know anything about <laughs> it <laughs> we know sweary 65 we got that <laughs> yeah but we had to google that part yeah we sure did um all right mark let's close out the new releases Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, today, because we have, you know, just experienced them, uh, we are talking about fireworks. Um, obviously, uh, well, maybe not obviously, uh, in, it's seemingly in, uh, Los Angeles, everyone in the city of Los Angeles was setting off fireworks. Fireworks are illegal in the city, (laughs) um, but that didn't stop everyone from setting them off all night on the 4th of July. Um, how was your experience of that, first of all? Uh, yeah, it was all over the place. Like the building next to me, people were setting them off on from the roof, and yeah, we could we uh looked out the window and it's just like the entire skyline just all around us was just fireworks all night. Um, which like on the one hand you're like, wow, that's like pretty and cool, but on the other hand you're like, where is ever where is everybody getting these fireworks from? It seems it's it's wild, man. Um, and then the the next day, uh, Los Angeles had like the worst air quality in the country because <laughs> it just filled with a uh, fireworks all smoke. Um, I yeah. it, I have to admit it did leave me feeling like a l- tiny bit left out because it's like clearly everybody knows where to get fireworks except for me. How come I don't have a firework contact? Hmm. I mean, I think you just like go to nevada right like you can just buy no there's no way all these people just like went to nevada oh okay all right i see i see see what you're saying or like down to mexico no there's i just i just don't believe it you think there's someone local okay (laughs) i think there's Um, like a contact like somebody i should know mm -hmm. that like i could be like hey do you know i could get some fireworks actually stop maybe that's the first step is just asking people hey do you know where i should get some fireworks Right. Uh, this is a question that you've never asked before. So <laughs> if you know where we can get some fireworks, please write into us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Um, Mark, what is your relationship with fireworks growing up? Were you uh, a family that like would get fireworks? Would you go to fireworks? Like how, uh, what was your relationship to them growing up? We were more like a go-to fireworks type family. We would get fireworks and like I like I loved fireworks. Um I loved putting on my own little like fireworks show when I could. Uh but um we never like it, it was never like we never bought like the huge like really extravagant ones. Um you know, we'd get like one of the small boxes, set a couple off in the street and then, you know, that was pretty much it. How about you guys? Uh no, not at all. So um my my family uh 
basically never never had fireworks in the house um we uh would get sparklers at most um and even that was usually like my mom didn't like them so like i i think we like played with them at friends houses and and stuff like that i remember going on um there was a a family that we would vacation with uh, up at their cabin in, in in the woods in in wisconsin um and uh, the dad of that family would set off um, fireworks um, and uh, one time uh, set off something very loud and it frightened my little brother who was just a, a wee baby at the time uh, and he was so mad that he said uh, to this friend's dad, um, someday I'm going to be big and you're going to be small and I'm going to set off fireworks <laughs> and scare you. <laughs> It's a great Jack story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I and like so even now, like I don't have um like we would go obviously to the the uh like the town's fourth of July fireworks show. Um, but like I don't see like fireworks to me are not like a thing that an individual person does, right? <laughs> like that's in my mind it's like, no, you leave that to the professionals or like Disney or the city or something. Yeah. I've become totally jaded with um, fireworks as well. Because, like, of course, like, now as an adult, I wish that I still, like, loved fireworks and wanted to. But, like, now I, I don't want to. And so it's, like, a wasted opportunity. Because, in theory, I could find my own fireworks contact <laughs> and get hooked up. And but th- that uh, joie we're, de we're vivre there. has just like there. left we me. We put up yeah. the call for the email, <laughs> but now I wouldn't even know what to do with it. Like I would feel bad because like right because it'd be like but the, like I'm not supposed to. And what if I like <laughs> set something on fire? You know? Yeah. What would you do? <laughs> um. I uh. I also just like the idea of um playing at warfare and like creating these sights and sounds of uh like bombing like it's you know it is like literally to reenact the part of the star spangled banner where we can still see that the flag is flying above the fort because there are explosions in the sky uh all of that i'm like i hate how much we worship war (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess i yeah i think that's fair that that's probably like the origin of why we do them on the fourth of july but i feel like like christmas it has lost all meaning like now we're just doing it it's just an excuse like the fourth of july is just an excuse to like Set off fireworks. That's true. Just an excuse to make some noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See some lights. Uh, well, I guess we uh, reached a nice natural end <laughs> to uh, that conversation. We were accompanied today by the uh, by an ensemble at the Musical Instrument Museum in Phoenix. Uh, all right, Mark, let's get into the news. All right. So at the top of the show... Uh, or at least at the top of the news here, we're going to be talking about stuff that's a little bit heavier than what we usually cover. But, um, you know, there's a lot that has been going on in the video game industry um, recently uh, involving, like, uh, uh, sexual misconduct. Sexual misconduct. This, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and just general, like, bullying, too, uh, in, in, in the games industry. Uh, and in a lot of industries, actually. Um, a lot of people abusing power and a lot of people uh, being outed as abusers of power or as uh, grooming people who are in newer to those industries or, uh, you know, just a lot of uh, kind of icky people taking advantage of people who aren't uh, able to defend themselves. Exactly. And so um, Evo Online has been canceled. 
uh, last week, a number of allegations of sexual abuse by Joey, how would you say this, Queller? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, surfaced starting on Twitter. Um, at the time, Queller was president of Evo, but uh, less than 24 hours after these allegations started surfacing, several of Evo's partners publicly pulled their support for the fighting game competition, including Capcom, NetherRealm, Bandai Namco, and Nintendo, all making statements. Um, here's what Evo said. They said, over the past 24 hours, in response to serious allegations recently made public on Twitter, we have made the first of a series of important decisions regarding the future of our company. Effective immediately, Joey Queller will no longer be involved with Evo in any capacity. We are currently working towards his complete separation from the company and have relieved him of all his responsibilities. Going forward, Tony Cannon will act as CEO in this position. He will take a leadership role in prioritizing greater accountability across Evo, both internally and at our events. Progress doesn't happen overnight or without the bravery of those who speak up against misconduct and injustice. We are shocked and saddened by these events, but we are listening and committed to making every change that will be necessary in making Evo a better model for the stronger, safer culture we all seek. As a result, we will be canceling Evo online and will work to issue refunds for all players who choose who chose to purchase the badge. We will donate the equivalent of the proceeds as promised to Project Hope. Um, so a huge and uh, like fast response um, from Evo and you know a lot of their partners. Um, like it, it was a, uh, it was, uh, as it was happening, it was happening so fast, um, that like a allegations were coming to light and people were, um, supporting them with, uh, you know, uh, witness evidence, uh, and, uh, that quickly merged or quickly, uh, turned into the, uh, companies pulling their support. Capcom, NetherRealm, uh, were among the first to do so saying like, well, look, if you're going to be if this event is going to be associated with this monster, uh, you can't play Mortal Kombat um, at, at the event, uh, as they are right to do. Um, and yeah, it was w within 24 hours that um, Evo started to put the wheels in motion to uh, fully separate themselves from Queller um, and, you know, sort of make this statement, which is a good one. Um, but I, you know, I think it does, it gets to the sort of, I don't know, like the fighting game community is such like a, a Wild West sort of scenario, you know, where it's just like um, it, it's, it's pulled together in, um, you know, ho hotel conference rooms and like ballrooms and stuff. And it's one of those uh, scenarios where like there was no real organization for it. Um, and so the organization just sprung up around the people who like to play. Um, and, you know, uh, it just, just like so many scenes, like the, uh, the, uh, improv comedy scene is a, a, a good example where it's just like, these aren't, uh, the people who should be like in charge of other people's safety, right? Like that's not a real priority, um, for someone that, you know, just wants to, you know, score a, a good combo in uh, Marvel versus Capcom or someone who just wants to make, you know, someone laugh on stage. Um, so, like, it's it's one of those things where, like, the adults were never in the room, if that's what makes, if, if that makes sense. Um, and uh, which isn't to excuse anything. It's sort of like, uh, it's just diagnosing. The, the problem is, you know, none of these people were, uh, felt like they needed to be the authority um, to make sure that people weren't being uh, taken advantage of. Uh, and then people were. Right, exactly. Because it's, and like, to that point, it's like the people who were in positions of like, seemingly authority were 
taking advantage of other people. We're like sexually abusing other people. Totally. And I don't know. It's so I I I feel like this was a this past week. It was a tough week to be like to want to associate yourself with video games. You know what I mean? Where in the sense where it's just like uh, as like more and look video games the video game community at large what it has been like so toxic for so long now but like yeah. as more and more of these allegations come out you just realized how you continue to realize how pervasive these problems are and how like how many people's lives and livelihoods were like affected and um like in inalterably changed or like you know like you yeah they will never get that time or that experience back and i don't know it was just like as you're like reading more and more of this it's just like oh man like you don't want to I, okay this is kind of what i feel like a little bit like it's like is um you know like jk rowling with harry potter right where sure. you know we've talked about on harry potter about on this show before like i think we both like harry potter but it's like man jk rowling has just really proven herself to be kind of like a horrible person with her views yeah. on um, uh, trans people. And it is just like, I feel like with books, it's a little bit easier to divorce like the text from the author. But with like video games, I don't know. Cause sometimes even the text, you're like, this kind of sucks. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like the, uh, all of this, cause this is also something that, uh, happened in the, the comics industry too, like kind of a week before, um, everything started coming out, um, uh, with in the video games and like the video game press sort of world. Um, it was happening a lot in, uh, comic books. Um, and it, you know, in, in particular, one of the people, uh, called out for having been, uh, an abuser and, and frequent, um, groomer of, of new talent is Warren Ellis. Um, and you know, we've covered his Netflix show, um, Castlevania on this show, uh, multiple times, three, three different episodes that we've done with our friend Colin J. Morris. Um, and, uh, you know, it uh, like kind of makes me sick to think that we have uh, promoted his work in any way or like directed eyes towards it. Um, we've taken those episodes down now because we don't want to, you know, we, we don't want to, we don't want to amplify that voice, right? That voice has been amplified too much. Um, it has been too much like a center of the conversation. And I think that's probably what's happening in uh, like the, in video games and in the fighting game community as well, that like the people who weasel themselves into these positions of power have been abusing them and then driving the, you know, whatever the main conversation is to be in favor of people that can take advantage of people. Um, and it's just like it's the sort of thing where, like in comics, there's a uh, it's called BarCon, right? It is where the the real convention happens for the creators at the bar after the convention, right? That's where you do all of your networking. That's where you meet people. That's where you make connections. And that's also where people are drinking too much. People are awkward. People are you know uh, buying each other drinks and uh, getting inappropriate. Uh, and I am have never been to a fighting game uh, competition, but I am sure that that stuff happens there. Um, and like, I, I think about when I was a kid and playing my entirety of, uh, of junior high school for me was magic. The gathering 
It was the first thing I thought about when I woke up, and it was the last thing I was thinking about when I went to sleep. Every every other problem in my life, I thought of through the lens of Magic: <laughs> The Gathering, which means I spent a lot of time at you know the the card shops uh, in my hometown, Rockheads and Chadwick's, um, and in both places there were always um, like adult men playing uh, Magic with us, and some of those guys were good guys as far as I know, um, but like. These are adults, and they're spending their time with a twelve or thirteen year old, and you don't know what any what any of these guys is capable of, and like your parents aren't staying like at the card shop with you, so like there's and you know who's who's gonna protect me in that scenario if uh you know the 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 creepy forty year old wants to like take advantage of me when I'm twelve or thirteen the you know the twenty year old working the the counter at the card store like no it's it's another there are just so many examples of like these communities that build up with no guardrails in place to protect people that need protection. Um, and I think we're seeing a lot of those, uh, a lot of those organizations realizing that those are the communities that they've helped create and that they need to support those communities, not just provide a space for them to run wild. Yeah. I mean, to your, you know, point. So, in addition to all these reports concerning Evo, there were a number of other reports of sexual misconduct in the fighting community, specifically around like the Smash Brothers community. And in the, in these cases, um, and in the case with Queller at Evo, like victims were frequently minors at the time of the abuse. So, uh, I like I'm at a loss of what to say is just like, you know, I feel like I'm. I don't know. We just all, everybody needs to do better. Like, right. Like uh, you have like, we, everybody has like a responsibility to just do better to like say something to, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I don't really have anything intelligent to add just that it's just like all so horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, <laughs> that is part of what makes this uh, tough for us to talk about um, because you and I like to, you know, devolve into uh, being wacky and making jokes. And this is really not like a, a place for it. But like, I, I really do think that there's a lot that we um, sort of like take for granted or accept as normal because like other people are saying it's normal. Um, you know, if, uh, if you've got a kid that is going to Smash Brothers, um, you know, events, uh, you know, keep tabs on what's happening there. If you are in those communities and you see someone do, like you said, Mark, if you see something like say something, um, it's not a scenario where like you should be uh, going along to get along, right? Like, um, remember that even those events, even when there's a bar, even when it's all weekend long and it's a big party, um, that like there are still rules and they're still right and wrong and people can still get hurt. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think your, your comment of like, you just need to be better and more observant and more vigilant. Um, and, uh, we can make those spaces safe for the people who want to be in them and have a good time. So. Um, okay. So we've talking about that part. And now again, like with Sonic Forces, I have no good transition into now we're going to just be talking about the other stuff that we would normally cover on the show. Starting right. with, I th <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. We did it. Let's move in. Let's here. We'll do another transition. Now let's get into the fun news. 
Okay, so after being closed for the last three months due to COVID-19, the North American Nintendo online store is once again selling physical products. Now, I always forget that that, yes. that this exists, but this is where if you wanted to get like Splatoon sweatshirts and like that kind of stuff, they believe it or not, they sell them on the Nintendo of America online store. They also sell hardware and games too. What? Like you can go, yeah. I, I didn't know. know you could buy games. Yeah, you can definitely buy games. I believe you can even buy digital codes um, and uh, hardware for sure. You can buy some um, like pro controllers are up there now. Um, of course, just like everywhere else in the world, uh, switches themselves are in pretty low supply uh, as our Joy-Cons. Uh, just, just can't get them there. Although they do have like the product listing for a refurbished, uh, probably um, first generation switch for like two sixty nine or maybe two forty nine. It's, it's, it's somewhere. It's cheaper than normal. Um, but of course they are sold out. <laughs> wait, wait. You can you can really buy you can buy physical copies of games from the Nintendo online yes. store. Wow. Yes. That's, wow. All right. Okay. Cool. Um, we so we were just talking about Doom Eternal coming to Switch. Um, That's just, right. We were uh, like a week or so ago. And we don't have a release date yet, but it turns out that we might not have to wait too long before we find out that release date. In an interview with Game Reactor, <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> wasn't sure. No, it's very funny. It's very funny that it's like, we may have news. The, the news item is, we may know when a game, we may be closer to knowing when a game is going to come out. <laughs> I mean, this one is exciting to me. I loved Doom 2016 on Switch. I had a blast playing it. And I'm very excited for Dur Doom Eternal to come out on Switch. Um, but yeah, no release date yet. In an interview with Game Reactor, developer Marty Stratton said that the release date would be shared, quote, pretty soon. And that the quality of the port is, quote, every bit as good as Doom 2016 was, which is exciting to me. Yeah, I feel like that's the more exciting bit is, uh, although what's he going to say? Like, yeah, that's not <laughs> as good as. <laughs> Here's the question. Like, do I mm. look like feeling a little bit burned by Outer Worlds? Do I wait yeah. for reviews? I mean, yes, actually, I'm saying this out loud. And I was going to say, do I wait for reviews to like see if it's a good port? And yes, the answer is yes. I do wait. I do wait um because why not why not yeah you got nothing to lose what like yep. a day with the game come on <laughs> hey um speaking of like announcements that may or may not be coming soon um when are we going to get the next big nintendo direct we had a nintendo direct mini back in march i think or april was it april and uh, nothing since then. We, of course, didn't get one in June around E3. Um, but according to Nintendo president Shintura Furukawa, maybe never. Uh, maybe we never get one. <laughs> at the 80th annual general meeting of the shareholders, Furukawa addressed the lack of a June Direct by saying, quote, in the, the, in the annual shareholders meetings, we have routinely shown a video of E3, which was usually held just before the meeting. But this year, none of the large industry events are being held because of COVID-19, not just E3, and Nintendo also has no plans for any such events. We intend to use other methods flexibly in order to deliver the latest information on our products. So please sit, stay tuned. We have continuously released information, including the announcement of a new fighter for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate for Nintendo Switch and the announcement by the Pokemon Company of new Pokemon-related titles. 
We think that a Nintendo Direct format is very effective for us to directly and clearly convey information about games to consumers. On the other hand, as the times change, the most effective ways of conveying information can also change. So I think we should always be looking for the best ways of communicating. What does that mean? What I mean is, is he saying anything or is he just backed into a situation where he like doesn't know that Nintendo doesn't know when they're going to do another direct? And he's like, I don't know, maybe we just never do them. <laughs> I think they have I think they have plans and whether those like plans actually end up coming. And I don't know if they're media plans, I you know, but I'm sure they are like figuring out how they're going to um, if they. I think last week we talked about him also saying that games that were planned for this fiscal year are at this point still planned for this fiscal year. So yes. um, they, whether it's a Nintendo Direct or something else, they must be thinking of how they're going to announce and like market those games. I, but I also think like we kind of talked about on Thursday that like as weird as it is to say like, yeah, Nintendo Directs probably won't be around forever. And maybe some sort of presentation will replace them or maybe like they won't. It's really, it's hard to say because Nintendo is not really beholden to the past. It's also interesting because like, unless there is a lot of information, right? Unless there are a lot of announcements, a lot of first party Nintendo games uh, or like some meaty uh, like exclusives or something like that. Um, a direct always feels a little bit lacking, um, especially as like the personality has been kind of stripped away from them. You know, we're not going to see uh, the same sort of like theatrics that we used to. We're not going to see Muppet, uh, you know, Reggie again, not just because Reggie doesn't work there anymore, but like, we're not going to see that sort of thing uh, again. Like they've really streamlined it. Uh, and like what we've seen the last couple of years has been good, but it's also very specific, right? Like it's, it only works when they have a shotgun full of games to fire in your face um, when it's only you know like a, a game or two or like three um, it's not really enough to justify a full-blown presentation which might be something that we love and we love talking about um, but yeah like you know if if really all they had was like the smash dlc and uh like paper mario like that's not a big enough set of announcements to uh, put in like a big long video and tell us that it's a Nintendo Direct. So I, I think in, in some ways they're probably managing expectations on this. Um, and, you know, we'll get another Direct someday. It'll have a bunch of games in it. We'll find out about it on Tuesday and it'll come out on Thursday. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> I will say that like within the past week, rumors have started to fly online that Nintendo is working on something for July, not Ooh. necessarily a Direct. And not necessarily true, but that's just what the rumors are saying is that something is in the works. Um, and I believe it because, again, if uh, we basically don't know anything that's coming out after um, the Origami King and, of course, you know, like a, a Nintendo could drop a trailer at the beginning of August. A new game could be out like in the middle of September. So they don't necessarily need a ton of lead time on these things. But I do think that like it's like you were saying, it's an inevitability that some sort of announcements are on their way. 
Uh, I would also be willing to believe that they are waiting to say anything about any new Mario games or any ports of uh, uh, of older Mario games, which have been rumored, um, until after Origami King is out, until after people who have been starved for new Mario are like, ah, Paper Mario is close enough, I'll just get that. <laughs> and then the announcement that, oh yeah, Mario Galaxy 1 and 2 is coming out on Switch, you know, like that from a marketing angle makes sense to me. Do you know now that you said that one of the saddest things I realized in these in the rumors of the 3D Mario remasters is that Galaxy 2 is not rumored. That is I know, just Galaxy I know. 1. Which like I love Galaxy 1 but uh like give me both. It's Galaxy the 2 is the superior Galaxy game. It is the better game. Um, the first one is more novel and like having the uh, sort of like open world hub is uh, more fun, but like streamlining it to this like, uh, you know, like world map thing for the second one, fine, totally functional, way more content, super fun. Yoshi's in it. Like, ah, man, the second one's so good. They also meld in my mind so much. Like they're kind of just totally. like one big game. But I mean, look at us. Like we're complaining about unannounced games uh that like uh will be great on their own but that's just what we do um at yeah we don't need a direct <laughs> <laughs> at the same meeting furukawa spoke about the state of the switch in its fourth year saying the momentum on the platform is increasing noting the two models of switch and the consolidation of development teams like no longer having to support a handheld system and a console separately um he added, quote, we want to extend the life cycle of Nintendo Switch while maximizing such advantages. Which they've talked about uh, a lot. Yeah. It's just like the Nintendo Switch having a long life cycle. Uh, director and senior executive officer Ko Shioda added, quote, through Nintendo Switch, we've made many discoveries about where a dedicated video game platform can fit into a consumer's daily life. We see scenes on social media of children and their families sitting around a video game console to play, which gives us a renewed sense of the value of our dedicated video game platform. We will utilize these experiences to care in carefully considering the form our future game consoles will take. Uh, so that, I think, is the most interesting part of this, uh, that... especially like the shout out to social media is an interesting and like maybe that's just like that's how we're seeing it um but i wonder if there's any thought like within nintendo towards like increasing their connectivity um either like with the existing social platforms or improving like nintendo's like kind of social networks or even just like improving the online infrastructure at all so that like it can be a functional online uh, piece of hardware um it's just it's it's a very interesting piece of it to call out totally and it makes me think that you know how nintendo was working on those quality of life products for yeah um a long time and we didn't really see a lot of um fruit of those labors but nintendo if you uh i was thinking about so what you're saying about social media and i was thinking about you wanting to improve people's quality of life and so here's my pitch to you buy twitter and then shut it down do us Perfect. all a favor. <laughs> Give us our miserable lives back and really um, improve Mark, our quality of life. Uh, I have not been on Twitter since Wednesday. I Thursday morning, I woke up and was like, I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna spend all day not on Twitter. Which, look, man, it has been bad for me since, uh, I mean, years, but like <laughs> extra bad since 
since the pandemic started. Uh, and like to the point where I'm like, I know my brain chemistry has been forever altered. Um, and so I went all of uh, all of Thursday, started going through uh, Friday, like halfway through Friday, I deleted the Twitter app from my phone. Um, I've only been on Facebook to do the Sunday night um uh, trivia contest that my buddy Drew hosts on Facebook. But other than that, I haven't been on uh, any of them or Instagram or Reddit. Uh, I've been off all four for five days now. And man, I feel great. I mean, <laughs> I'm still I'm still stuck in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And all I, that, but it's good. I'm, I'm totally with you. I believe everybody's quality of life would be improved if you, if like we just stopped using Twitter. What a dream. And Facebook. What a dream that would be. Uh, Niantic has announced Pokemon Go Fest 2020, which is a twist on the usual destination event they've held in the past. Pokemon trainers all around the world will be able to participate in the fest on July 25th and 26th from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Um, tickets to the event are 15 bucks. Uh, it will have now, this is this encounters. is this is funny though <laughs> because uh the, normally it's a ticketed event because they are holding it in a physical location like they did one uh in Chicago in Millennium Park um where they like I guess you can't rent out the whole park but like um th- where it's a specific destination mm-hmm. uh so they could sell tickets to that but now it's just kind of like you buy a ticket so you can participate wherever you are in the world <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they're charging 15 bucks, uh, and for that you get increased encounters, rotating habitats based on water, fire, grass, fighting, and friendship, um, Mm -hmm. global challenge arenas, special research, virtual team lounges, uh, they're even selling merchandise, you can get t-shirts with Pokemon Go Fest 2020 artwork, um, and, like, also Ryan Johnson directed the trailer for Pokemon Go Fest 2020. First of all, I love that there is a trailer for Pokemon Go Fest 2020. <laughs> like even that on its own is uh, is worthy of making our news lineup. Um, but also Ryan Johnson, director of uh, Knives Out and The Last Jedi, <laughs> directed this trailer. And it's a cool trailer. Did you watch it, Mark? No, I haven't seen it yet. It's people like, you know, in the real world and they like kind of grab on to like a piece of reality and like tear it. And there's like a rip in space and time. And on the other side of this rip in space and time, there's a Pokemon back there. (laughs) That sounds fun. It's great. Uh, And here's like another great thing about it. Following Pokemon Go Fest 2020, the Pokemon company in Niantic will be donating $5 million to nonprofits supporting the black community. So good on you, Pokemon Go, for making uh, so much money that you can donate $5 million. <laughs> and finally, um, we talked last week about, and we forgot to mention it this weekend, what we've been playing. Because I've just been making a habit of, like, I do or don't do Ring Fit Adventure, and then I do, like, Jump Rope Advent Challenge right after that. But anyways, there's new DLC available for Jump Rope Challenge. It's an update to the game that includes some new features like the ability to double jump. Um, you can increase your maximum jump goal to 3,000. You get six. Which is madness. That is <laughs> 3,000? That's so many jump ropes. <laughs> and then six new background images plus 12 new character themed costumes for your jumping rabbit. Um, you get Mario, Luigi, Peach, Bowser, Toad, and Wario. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get Link, Samus, Isabel, 
Inkling Boy and Inkling Girl, which is fun. Yeah, cool additions. Very uh-huh. Smash Brothers-y. But then, by popular demand, yeah. the greatest synergy of all time, the Arcade Bunny from Nintendo Badge Arcade is now a costume for the Jump Rope Challenge Bunny. Did we somehow will this into existence? I don't... Who else on this planet talks about Nintendo Badge Arcade (laughs) but you and I? I think this is a great sign. Because look, there's no... We know the Nintendo doesn't talk about the Virtual Boy. There's no Virtual Boy costume for this rabbit here. But I think this is a good sign that Nintendo Badge Arcade lives. And look, I'm not excited for Nintendo Badge Arcade. I think that means that there's a chance for Arcade Bunny to show up in more and more things. Hey, look, if the first character of the new DLC set is Min Min, that means obviously they're all going to be Nintendo characters from here on out, which means it is Arcade Bunny's time to shine (laughs) in Smash Brothers. How cool would that be? I would buy would I I was gonna say that I would buy the um the fighter pack too, but then I was like, or would I just buy that fighter pack? I'd love to see the Nintendo Badge Arcade level. I'd love to see the Nintendo Badge Arcade yes. music. Like, give it to me. Oh man, if he summons down like a claw machine to like mess people up, it'd be so good. <sighs> well, we're never gonna get that, but we are going to get uh, we do currently have uh, the the bunny. Have have you downloaded the new stuff for it yet? Uh, I think it like up downloaded automatically to my system. Automatically, but I haven't opened yeah. it up yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've not opened it up either. Um, I'm I'm very excited also about the ability to do the uh, the double jump, um, because that is something that every now and then when I'm doing um, the uh, jump rope challenge that I want to do, and then I just remember that it messes everything up when you try. Um, but now. Now it'll be like actually jumping rope, except I'll be able to do a double jump. (laughs) All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter or anywhere where you don't have to be on social media to share something. I mean, my God, call someone that you like and talk to them for a little bit. (laughs) Recommend the podcast. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, although I haven't been on it in a couple days. Uh, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. There's also a Facebook page, but who cares? Um, Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, now Rusty Slugger is next. And thanks for listening. Rachel, Oscar. Yeah, Claire? Claire? Do you love Disney movies? Uh Uh-huh. Have you seen them all? Not Not all of them. What do you guys think if we watch them all in chronological order and then talk about them? Ooh. Oh, and what if we could talk about it with some of our favorite friends? (gasps) I love that. Yeah, what if we do it inside the Disney vault? You know, that's the name of our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media. Yeah, check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to yours. That's Inside the Disney Vault. Let's go. Woo. 
campfire. <laughs>